What did you expect? Welcome, Sonny. Make yourself at home. Marry my daughter. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land. The common clay of the new West. You know. Morons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know... That's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Well, and welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al. At Burn on the Board, SP Futures up 11.75, NASDAQ Futures up 31.50 as we try and get an update out of everything here. Uh, yesterday we were way down and turned around and, and came back up, which was actually really good for the good guys, but because uh, we adjusted everything and, 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 and then when it was way down and did all our rolls and everything. and I, I, for one, Kevin, are you with us, bud? I am. Tell you what, it, it looked horrible when we were doing these rolls yesterday. We're down like 600 Dow points and stuff, and my the guy who does all the trading for me, I go, he says, what do you think? <laughs> Should we do this stuff? And I said, you know, it looks horrible. My gut tells me we probably shouldn't, but you know what? Through this whole mess, every time we should have made an adjustment, we did. And I'm going to say 80 to 90% of them turned out to be really good trades. But would I have, would I have bought futures down there yesterday? I'm going to say no. But we did we did uh, uh, the rolls, so we adjusted everything up, got longer down on the bottom. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we look like geniuses, and I'm like, man, oh man. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to have a, uh, a program, like our Protect Index program, where you, you're, you're driven, essentially, to adjust when you're down and when you're up. So... The program almost forces you, if you do it right, to buy low and sell high. But boy, oh boy, it is. It was. It looked really ugly yesterday. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, maybe this is yeah, the day that letting it out is what you're saying. Huh? Yeah, you know, I mean, but um, and, and the premium levels are so high. So what, what I did, I, I kind of cheated a little bit. Instead of trying to roll the puts way down, our puts were like ten dollars the money. So instead of trying to roll the puts down for like a crap old price. I said, let's let's do a, a call repair strategy and just jump the whole the whole put thing. This, this is for the people at home. It, you know, that, that, that's to be blunt, Kevin. That's why you need somebody like me because nobody's going to figure this out themselves. That's what forty years in the business does. Uh, I ended up doing a call repair strategy, 
instead of the put roll, which nobody would give us. And the thing was a massive winner. I mean, so that's how we adjusted that way. But there, there's not a whole lot of people that instinctively would know instead of selling a put spread, you buy the call spread, it gets you to the same place. And that's why, you know, everybody tries to fix their own car, everybody, you know, whatever. I mean, I, as I went, walked into the paint store out by Audrey's, and the guy had come to one of our seminars years ago, and I'm, because she was doing something. So I go in there, I'm just poking around, seeing what the price of paint was a few years ago. I goes, hey, I know you. And I go, yeah. Uh, and, he, and he says, how about we make a deal? How about you don't try and paint, and I don't try and manage my money? You know, it's like, uh, I said, you know, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to say that somebody knows a little bit more than you do. You wouldn't try and pull your own tooth. But anyway, en- enough for the shameless plug. Uh, what do you make of all this? Now, all of a sudden, one Fed guy says that 1% off the table, and the next guy said maybe it's back on the table. They do this just, these are all just, what do they call them, trial balloons? What, what are these things? Yeah, that's probably exactly what they are is, uh, is trial balloons. Is, you know, let's, let's just see how people react. Because I, I am sure from a policy standpoint, they would rather have people reacting to news than actually having the news to react to. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, and, and I also, the, the part of, the issue I have with, with all these guys is that uh, in their mind, they actually want what they say to move markets. And, and they're pretty sloppy about who knows what they're going to say, I think. And, 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 they, and they just don't get it. They, you know, if, if they say something that's positive and the market goes up, they're, they're real happy. But they don't realize that somebody somewhere got ahead of somebody on that trade. They clearly are unclear on that concept. That it, you know, it, equal information out for everybody is is something that people in the industry, especially the little people like me, think is pretty important. Obviously, if you're Goldman Sachs, that's why you're Goldman Sachs. You get the information first. It's it's a total different mindset of of, of morality, <laughs> pretty much everywhere. A, or one of the days I was in the uh, well, when I was back in the OEX pit. Guy in front of me was from uh, I don't know where the hell he came from. Real nice Irish guy, Ken Kelly was his name, and, uh, and he knows this guy in, in one of the pits on the floor. That as soon as before the before this is you know statute of limitations. This is twenty five years ago, maybe thirty. And the, and the guy every every quarter where they came out with earnings, I forget what it was AT and T or IBM or somebody. Well, the guy's the guy's dad was in the same. What do you call those stupid schools where you got to go uh, st- boarding school with the guy who was now the CFO of whatever the place was, and he'd call the guy up and he'd give him the the number, <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting there going, okay then. And well, of course, whether you make money on earnings, on earnings, if you knew the number beforehand, whether you'd make money on them or not, you know, is 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 not it's not the easiest thing to do because sometimes they might have really good earnings and they come out and say the next quarter is going to suck and then the, and the stock collapses. So. Having the number would be nice, but doesn't mean you're going to win every time. Even so, so you know, how the hell does that work? He goes, Tom. One day you're going to understand that people who go to these boarding schools and hang there and get paddled and whatever else they used to do to people. He says that's why you go to boarding school is to meet these people. Go to Harvard. That's why you get in that class of people because this stuff just comes to you. He goes, you even though you went to Notre Dame, it's not the same thing. These guys, they, they think they're different, and they are different. And you know what? <laughs> From that day on, Kevin, I'm like, the, the, the people that get this kind of information above everybody else, 
the people that are government staffers that get these jobs in the CFTC, the people that just have all this information. The, who was the guy who was the, uh, wrote the book, the former uh, Secretary of the Treasury? Ginfler, what's his name, Geisler? That was the guy's name. Uh, oh, Geithner. Geithner. You, you read his book, they're just different. I mean, I mean you, you bleep up during the school year, and to, and to punish you, Dad makes you be a clerk for, like, uh, some big-time senator or something. But it's, it's, it's a summer job. Well, that that that's a punishment. You know, I mean, it's, they're just different, and they think they're different, and and they don't have no idea why anybody would think they shouldn't get information that nobody else has or anything like that. Just saying. Yeah, you, uh, believe they have it coming. Yeah. Your 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 buddy. Uh, actually, I thought he was a really really a uh, great man. Uh, he just he just died at like a hundred. Was it? But Schultz. He was Reagan's secretary of. Sergeant Schultz. No, not Sergeant Schultz. The guy was Reagan's Secretary of Treasury for a while, and he was also Secretary of State, wasn't he? Uh, oh, George Schultz. Yeah. Um, he he was one of those shows years and years ago when I first moved up north, and I'm driving back on Southside and Saturday to take my mom to breakfast. Uh, he's on one of these shows where, you know, they ask you all these questions, and he was a pretty straight guy. And the dude says to him, hey, you know, when you come up with one of these numbers, like labor numbers and all this stuff, he goes, uh, who gets that number, those numbers beforehand? And Schultz, you know, maybe because it was f- 6 in the morning, says, well, you know, that's pretty interesting. When I got the job, I, s- I asked the same question. They gave me this list of all these people. And he goes, he goes, obviously, you don't want, you know, Ronald Reagan walking out to the helicopter and saying, Mr. President, what do you think of the labor numbers? And he's like, what, what labor numbers? So, he, so there, there are some people you might want to notify, especially if they're going to be, like, at a news conference. He says, there's all kinds of people on this list that had no business being there. So for the first three months, I try and whack these people off the list. He goes, it was the hardest thing I ever did politically, and finally I gave up, said, so hell with it. They're on there for a reason. I don't know what the reason is, but I'm going to leave them there. So there are people that get all these numbers. I'm sure with some, you know, I'm not sure, but I suspect it's Goldman. I suspect it's somebody. I don't know. Maybe it's an individual at Goldman. He goes, yeah, they're just people. People get the numbers beforehand, and I had no idea why I had these people on there. But I, but I, but I gave up after a while because it was like pulling a canine and getting them off. You know, so it's not, it's not like this stuff doesn't go on, Kevin. And I don't know, someplace, somewhere, it's why, it's why I'm, I'm very disappointed in the, the, the Trump mystique. Not him personally, I always thought he was a sleazeball, but the Trump mystique and that he had the opportunity to maybe do that and he, and he, and he, and he, he swallowed into a, a well of narcissism and God knows what else and his ability to not get along. Instead of getting other people to believe the same way he did that some of this uh, you know, some of this stuff has to stop in Washington if he ever really believed that, and, and get people on his side and put the right people in the cabinet to do that. I mean, he was a to- he was a total failure. In my, in my, now, does that mean in our lifetime we'll never get another person from the outside? We're going to be, it's either going to be a, a Joe Biden or some Republican hack or somebody that's going to be in there for the, for our for our days probably. But I mean, you're n- you're never going to get anything like, you know, what does the consumer protection group do? What do these people do? They don't do anything. Get them the hell out of here. And I don't see any of that happening. I mean, the veterans thing is a disaster. I think. Yeah, I mean, you you, you might get a um, oh a governor or somebody, for, you know, sort of depending on the state. Um, but you you might get a governor who's not a Washington insider, um, and and many governors are Washington insiders too. They're you know, especially if they've been in Congress or uh, or whatever before. So you know, Pence being a, an example, he was a congressman for a long time. Before he became governor of Indiana, and then before he became vice, became vice president. So he he was no more an 
outsider than uh, uh, than anybody else who had been around Congress for a long time. And he, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see because uh, I'm sure he's going to run um, this time. It'll be indis- interesting to see if he tries to portray himself as, as some kind of an outsider. Um, well, you think he is Pen- most definitely not? You think Pence is going to run? But there are other governors who have never uh, had a job in Washington who may not even be from one of the prestigious schools, uh, and uh, and so they would definitely be outsiders. The problem is, and, and Trump had this to his own degree, so much of it his own doing, of course, but uh, but also a lot of it just because he, he wasn't from the club, um, that he was going to get resistance from the club, period. It was just, you know, that's the way it was, and of course he got it, and it's not just... Resistance from Democrats in his case, it's resistance from you know the Bush Cheney type of wing of the uh, of the Republican Party as well. Which uh, because Schultz was a part of, not right? one of them. Oh, definitely. I mean, the the Bushes uh, are, are the cabots and the lodges still alive, or are they, or the kids just spend the money and don't don't care. Yeah, I don't know, but but you get the idea. Yeah. That old line. Um, you know, and, and there's a whole political philosophy that goes with that, um, and, and you know, so you can go in and try and uh, you know, quote, uh, drain the swamp, but they're just as much as part of the swamp, and uh, and they have a whole lot of, um, oh, what do I want to say? They have a whole lot of bureaucracy, bureaucracy um, that is part theirs that's uh, that's behind it as well. Well, I think you're right. I mean, what was the old saying when we were we were Utes? The, the cabots all talk only to the lodges, and the lodges only talk to God, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It was yeah. Something with the other way around, but so anyway, the, the point is, you know, you you it, it, you can you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with your cabinet. There's you know, but but when you start going down the rank and file of uh, of the federal government, um, you know that's pretty well entrenched. It's not like you can go in and fire hundreds of thousands of people and uh, and replace them. Uh, so, you know, because that that's just not practical. So as a result, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of stuck. And when, you know, there there is a, uh, there are, the, the good reason, I suppose, to have, um, you know, like career diplomats and, and the like is, uh, is that they kind of smooth things out, make it so that you're lurching back and forth on it from a policy standpoint, um, you know, not as much because they just tend to go along, you know, doing what they've always done. Um, but the the uh, bad side of it is is that they resist change when change needs to be made. Well, that's I mean, I, I, I uh, whenever you know somebody talks it, 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 once again, as I I like to say a lot is the the reason for small smaller government is partly constitutional uh, mo- you know theoretically it's mostly constitutional but the real reason for smaller government is because there is no accountability at the federal level to average people so you know if you can push the uh, smaller federal government even if it means larger state governments at least that's closer to the people who vote um, and, and uh, more controllable for the people who vote uh, sort of more, not necessarily greatly, just more. Well, let's see. Three elections ago, they had some guy. My state district is, is you know, it's basically a, a district in the west side 
I'll use the term hood, uh, which reaches a finger into where I am, which is called the Ranch Triangle. So none of these people who run for any of this stuff will ever come anywhere near us. It's, it's not like our area is, is lily white. No, our area is very integrated and, and nice. And uh, but it's it's we'll, we'll 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 steal some of those votes and bring them back over here. And people run the the guy who was his name Smith. He gets booted out of the Senate for being a you know whatever the hell he was doing doing something naughty. And uh, so then he he runs again. He's like unopposed and he wins. What's when you when you go back? If you get elected again after you get booted out once, they can't boot you out for the same thing because the people have spoken. I mean, Kevin, it's a, it's a joke. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it is. But that's Illinois. Illinois is completely dysfunctional. Uh, most states, you know, state there are you know a lot of states that do change regimes, and that when they're not happy with it, they uh, they make changes. We've you know you've seen it in a lot of uh, a lot of your neighboring states. So. You know, again, you know, the states should be pushing it to, uh, uh, to you know, county governments and so on. And, you know, it, it really should cascade down there. And that was the theory behind um, the way the, uh, you know, the way the uh, republic was created. Uh, it, sh- it just hasn't been the practice over time. We have, uh, you know, systematically um, moved the, uh, uh, increased the power of the federal government, increased the bureaucracy, and that's not a good thing. Well, I, I have the same, and it's not going to get undone. There's, there is no next candidate who's going to undo it. And, you know, conceivably, if you could have a, a twenty-year run of a political philosophy, it could get done. But um, you know, that's not, uh, that's not where we are. Well, I know we're probably on Tuesday. We have a debate with Brendan a little bit regarding term limits, and I am, you know, the, that whole philosophy there, Kevin. I just. I just don't buy. And the, re- the reason why I don't is you, you basically just explained one of it. Is uh, it, w- it would be nice to say that okay, God, if we had just had term limits, I'd, I'd, I'd have to stop. I could finally stop looking at Nancy Pelosi and McConnell and the rest of these people. Uh, yeah, you know, that would be nice. Get them, get them off the TV. I'm tired of looking at them. They, their view of themselves versus other people's view of them is so is so disparate. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even go there. But at least in my, but I. I was elected twice to a board spot, and and I, I know that uh, if if you had term limits, the bureaucracy in your last term would never even think about listening to you. They do whatever the hell they damn want. Please, and when when I got on, I was considered to be well. I ran from the outside, so right away they didn't trust me. But then I had this long period of time of being uh, committee chair chairman for various committees and doing what I consider, well, they, well, they told me, one guy told me I was the best committee chairman they ever had in the, in the different spots. No, I don't think I was, but uh, he was just being, maybe he needed a, a free drink or something, I don't know, but the uh, but the fact is, everybody knew that I, I really played the game, yet yet I had these views that were, you know, views like maybe we should maintain uh, an auction marketplace and not have payment for order flow and those kinds of things, that they, obviously that's not the direction the place was going. So I was a I was a danger, even though I was an, a nice danger, for lack of a better term. But if but the you can just tell when when you know somebody either says he's not running for the next term or something that all of a sudden he's he's you know he might as well disappear in the room because nobody's paying attention. All we gotta do is outweigh him. Another year he's gone or she. Uh, so I mean, there's there's a lot to be said one way or the other on this stuff. And plus, I think if you, you 
I don't, I don't, I don't want any solution. I hope Brendan understands this. And doesn't think I'm just arguing with him. I don't want any solution where there's all kinds of things wrong, and we pick on one thing, and we wait seven or eight years, and we go, well, that one didn't work so hot. <laughs> now where are you? You're seven or eight years down the road again, and you're worse off. And now we're gonna stick another one one solution. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't think it's, I don't think if if we did that, Kevin, and we and we grandfathered in the people that were up top, we'd have we'd have to wait a decade just to see if it worked. I don't want anything like that. I just I mean, it, intuitive, well, intuitively, yet another reason for smaller government because uh, because you can't. If you try to do solutions on a grand level like that, um, yeah, it is. It's too unwieldy, uh, and and the ability to even test something is uh, is ridiculously um, not feasible. Uh, let me put it that way. It's you know the, the the ability to just test out the idea, whereas we have term limits all over the place in state governments. And uh, you know, it, it just depends on uh, um, on the function. And we could, you know, we could make some of that work. We could, make, you know, we could, we can. But you can try things. It's the same thing. It's it's not one size fits all. One size doesn't fit all in every part of the country. One size doesn't fit all, even in every part of the state. Um, but we try things, and and uh, and this, you know, the the construct that we're supposed to have really works well for that. But we, we've gotten away from it, and you know, just try changing anything that's uh, that's federal. It, it, you know, we, we, every bill that we have that's going to implement something new has to run thousands of pages. Yep. Well, I'm with you on all this stuff. I just when you when it comes to solutions, I was talking to one of our our buddies, not using a name. I'll just say D. Uh, and we're, we're at his house, and we're you know, of course, we're arguing politics. We're not really arguing; we're just discussing it. And and he comes up with this, you know long-term solution to education and this and that and I go those are those are things you can't argue against yet in for for today they're useless because they're 15-year plans and we got to find out what we're going to do tomorrow we we need to do another stuff a lot of stuff in addition to that you know it's not I mean you you can't say that the crime in Chicago is a problem with of free lunches in the fourth grade because okay we better get free lunches in the fourth grade I don't have any problem with that but somehow we got to get the guy tomorrow before he shoots another person there it's not any kind of a solution I mean, and like you know what you were what you just said and again I don't know not, not tr- certainly not trying to be argumentative yes okay you're you're for smaller government and so am I but I also know having you know and I'm not saying you haven't done this stuff because you've done more in government than I have so for those that Remember, yeah. just that one distinction, smaller federal government. Okay, but my point is, you're only going to get there by two ways. You're going to get there either by a friggin' armed revolution or by a constitutional convention. And I don't see any of those, hopefully not the armed... I mean, there's no way on earth that you and I, are, or a bunch of people like us, are going to get the, the creatures in government to start voting out the democracy that they just voted in. It's not going to happen, Kevin. It's, it's like it's like asking the city of Chicago to say, "Well, now that we got we're under three million people, and used to be three and a half, you only need thirty-five aldermen instead of fifty. That group is not going to do it. We we have to find a way to have a, a, a well, the city of them a constitution, we have a charter. We we, we need a charter convention. Uh, something has to happen. 
other than I mean, you, you can talk to your blue in the face to these people. They're not going to do that, are they? It's it's like it's like. Can you imagine what a constitution would look like now? I mean, we have this elegant, you know, uh, document. It's it's it, you know, it's relatively short and sweet and very you know, it's specific and and then it says anything else uh, that it, it you know, if it doesn't speak, if we don't speak to it in the constitution, it's the purview of the states. And, and it's just a, an incredibly great document. Now, if we were to have a constitutional convention in the United States and sit there and draw up a constitution, it would be 10,000 pages. Um, maybe, well, I don't know. First of all, if it was me or you, well, it, it would. would. That's just what they do. But I think I think a few things that have, have changed in the world need need to be addressed. And we'll talk about this after the break. The, the idea of, of, in, of influencing campaigns away from your spot essentially inter- inter- influencing other people's campaigns. I think that needs to be debated. That shouldn't be a Supreme Court decision on either side. I mean, the idea... The, uh, uh, it, it, no, it actually, actually should, and if you don't want the... if you don't like the way the Supreme Court's going to decide on it, then it should become an amendment to the Constitution. Okay, but so, well, let's, talk, let's talk about that after the break, because that's a tough process in no way on earth are these guys going to cut their ability to get money from somebody? You can't expect them to do that, is my point. SP Futures up 14, NASA Futures up 36. Be right back, Stacks and Jack. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Here's the thing. If you can't spot the sucker in your first half hour at the table... And you are the sucker. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bank Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 16. NASDAQ Futures up 41. We're trying to make a run at it here after two days of uh, uh, really bad inflation numbers. And, uh, Got some bank earnings this morning. Well, Fargo had said they had to add uh, stuff to their loan reserves, so that their earnings were down. They're down. They're only down 44 cents now. They were down a buck something earlier, so that's only one percent. So that's not much of a move. Uh, we've got Dow futures up 150 over in Europe. Got the DAX up 200, 1.6 percent. FTSE up 66. These guys, I don't know if they came back yesterday on the close like we did, uh, so they're probably catching up here a little bit. FTSE up 66.9 percent. CAC around up 39.7 percent over in Asia. Nikkei up 145.5%. Shanghai, however, down 53, 1.6%. Again, tech stocks drop. Uh, China's GDP missed expectations. So they're kind of a world hurt over there with bank runs and everything else. Hang Seng down 453, 2.1%. They're, they're in danger of going under 20,000 or 20,297. That would be really a, a low. I don't know if they've been under. I'll check that. Uh, I don't know if they've been under 20,000 yet this year. Yesterday, uh, Dow was down 142, S&P down 11. NASDAQ managed to creep back. Up three, but the last couple of days, Nasdaq was down three and a half percent. So Nasdaq has been down this week way more than the other two averages. We've got bonds down two uh, basis points, two nine four. Bund down two basis points, one point one five. Japan down one basis point, point two three. We've got oil up a buck forty, but still way under hundred ninety seven seventeen. Brent up one ninety one oh one. Natural gas down eleven six forty eight. Arbob actually up five cents at three twenty four. We've got gold. Down 170 to 1704. Gold just can't get a bid. Uh, silver up a dime, 1820, 1832. Copper down four cents, 317. We've got Bitcoin up 170 to 20,842. They're managing to hang in there with all the other problems, the bankruptcies across the board in that business. So far, they've been they've been doing well. I won't say okay because they were 65, but it looks like uh, they're, they're they're staying where they they're not going to be even more of a problem and send other people to bankruptcy. We'll see if that keeps going. 
Uh, what do you got for us, Traveling Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. It's currently 6.36 a.m. on Friday, July 15th, 2022. Let's get you into sports real quick. Uh, yesterday, Cubs at home uh, versus Mets. Cubs lose uh, 0-8. Uh, both teams are back again today at 1.20 p.m., although it's possible that could be canceled with uh, rain on the way. More on that in a little bit. Uh, White Sox against Twin City yesterday. Uh, White Sox win 12-2. Uh, both of them back again today at 7.10 p.m. Uh, of course, all those are in Central Standard Time. Uh, the games today, uh, Diamondbacks up against San Diego tonight at 8.40 p.m. Now for weather in Chicago, uh, currently mostly cloudier. It's just, it's going to get more cloudier because uh, rain is on the way. You can see that in the east uh, out there. Um, expect that to start downtown within the next hour. It's already uh, it's already hit the suburbs pretty hard right now, uh, and it's as close as Norwood, uh, Norwood Park, uh, and that'll be uh, uh, throughout the day. Uh, expect that rain. Uh, currently 68 degrees, a high of 83, a low of 67. In Phoenix, mostly cloudy, an excessive heat warning in effect, uh, with a high of 112 and a low of 88. Now for traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Harlem Avenue, traffic northbound on the Stevenson between South Central Avenue and South Kedzie, and finally heavier traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between, uh, between before West Garfield and to the Jane Byrne Interchange. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Kevin, uh, and, and you know, in keeping with our stuff, you mentioned the, you know, the, the Constitution, um, which obviously uh, is a spectacular document, but it is for kind of a lot of reasons. The people who were there at that convention, they had they had the what was the other ones? The Articles of Articles of Confederation. Was that the one before? Um, what was the one? The original one that didn't work out so well. Do we still have Kevin? Oh, yeah, you do. I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of it. but uh, I think it was. There, there's a lot of backing to what's in the Constitution yeah, in the Federalist Papers. I thought it was the uh, Articles of Confederation, but anyway. Uh, boy, somebody should Maybe. Um, but you, know, you had people in the room that were, perf- they were, to be perfectly blunt, were not perfect. I mean, some of them were out-and-out out crooks, right? So they, they knew human nature very well. And every, every thinks, every, especially every young person, who thinks that they're they're just figuring this out? You know, they they just invented sex. They just invented all this other stuff. All you gotta do is read Greek tragedy, and you realize people had the same issues how many thousand years ago. I mean, people don't change, but the so it came out as a very pure document. But the thing that was so pure about it is you, they never intended anybody to trust anybody else, right? Every no matter what spot you were, there was if you tried to do something. That all of a sudden somebody there was somebody there to block you if you're nefarious, right? I mean, it, that's the incredible part of it. So, but over time, I, my point, Kevin, is that some of that has been co-opted by stuff they didn't think about. And and I don't I don't see how. First of all, you know what you you were you know you're a little younger than me. I don't I don't see, I have no idea how the history of the CanCan in Illinois was. Were those those guys in the legislature somehow? It must have been a different people. They actually passed a law calling for a constitutional convention, where no politician could be at the convention. Nobody had ever held office before. So you had all these young guys. Richie Daly was one of them. I think Mike Madigan was one of them. Marty Russo. Those guys all became yeah, one of my high school buddy's <clears throat> dad was in it. Well, and then and they be, they all got there. And I, I can't imagine. I mean, just look at our local race here. Uh, Karen ran against 17 other people in the Bobby Rush's district. And at the last minute, Jesse Jackson got a bunch of kid got a bunch of, or Jesse probably got money for his kid. Uh, and they got now whether that money turned the election or not, who knows? It was a lot of ads the last couple of weeks in a 17-person field. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess 
that at least introduced some of the dummies to the fact that he was Jesse Jackson's kid. I'm sure at least did that. Okay, so the guy wins. Now, what are the chances of going to Washington tomorrow or when he gets in and having him vote against if that money came from overseas or overseas probably illegal, came from New Jersey or someplace? What are they the chances of him voting that to be illegal? It can't happen. Unless he's like a really strange, honest guy, which I don't think he is. I mean, I, I don't see how this turns. I really don't, Kevin. I mean, I, as much as everybody might want to see it, I just see it getting worse and worse. And as big big companies get more and more involved, and by the way, they buy newspapers on top of it, I mean, uh, in, unless there is some sort of a, a radical swing to, look, all this stuff has to be changed. And by the way, I mean, the, the people in Congress shouldn't be the people making the rules for people in Congress. I mean, you, you and I know that. I mean, you can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't, have the, you can't have the best softball team uh, making rules for the league, right? It wouldn't be much of a league. It's just the way people are. So I don't know how, I mean, who will guard the guards? I mean, how, how, does, how does somebody every 30 or 40 or 50 years see where Congress and, the, and Washington's heading and, and say, wait a minute, we're going to do this over again and see what happens? Not, not over, because like you say, 90%... Actually, I want to keep all the Constitution. I just want to address the parts that I think the Constitution didn't, couldn't possibly conceive of. And you're going to get some dum dums. I mean, some of them I go, I suppose on the, you know, I'm going to say maybe on the right, but not necessarily. Oh man, you know, they anticipated everything. There's no problem. They they figured out that somebody from Carolina can influence a, a, a you know, a, a conversation or an election in uh, in, in Oregon. They they anticipate. How can they anticipate that, Kevin? It took them four days to go 20 miles for God's sake. Just saying. Well, but on the other hand, Tom, if if we stuck to the idea that um, th- that the federal government had very very limited power, then we might be able to uh, say, so what if they uh, uh, you know if they don't want to make if they want to make the rules for themselves? I agree with you. That's not that's not where you want to be. But uh, but on the other hand, if if it weren't so damned. Uh, uh, lucrative for them, and, and there wasn't so much power tied up in it, then maybe people would be more inclined to come and go on their own, and that might even start to speak to the term uh, term limits, that it would become more service, which is what it was intended to be in the first place. Um, yeah, I, but I don't, I don't necessarily, I look back at uh, some of the people here in Illinois, and they happen to be, you know, I, they were favorites of mine, and they were, they were on both sides of the aisle. I don't, I don't want to Adley Stevenson, I don't think, ever took a dime. I don't think Chuck Percy took a dime. I don't think... I don't, I don't want to kick those guys out just because. I think they were singular people. Paul Douglas, Paul Simon, uh, even... Uh, I actually so thought your Peter question Frank- gets to be, is, is there... And, and I'm, not, I'm not arguing one way or the other for term limits. I tend to favor them, um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to have that conversation right now other than uh, to use as an example. Is there... Uh, a version of term limits that sort of does both, that uh, allows for the experience and allows for people to serve for longer periods of time, but at the same time uh, sets a limit on it so that you don't get people entrenched there for 40, 50 years. Well, I think, I think Kevin, what people are sensing, and I, boy, you never want to go down this road, but they're sensing the same thing that really everybody on this show is sensing, um, maybe Wayne and, and Carl more so because they're closer to it or have been, they're sensing that we, we had Republican 
person running for Congress, and I hope he wins, because uh, he, he did win his primary, and we had a Democratic person. And, and I think the left-wingers really like Keith, and the right-wingers really like Karen. And wh- what everybody is sensing is that when they go to Congress, and Carl was the most outspoken about this because he actually backed the guy in Congress couldn't wait to get out of there after two years. Somehow, these people that appear to be pretty damn good, and I've seen some of them on Meet the Press and other places, Republicans and Democrats, these younger people. You know what, Kevin? I'm really impressed by all of them, both sides. Somehow, some way, because I went to one of those APAC meetings and they talked about how the turnover in Congress after two or three or four terms now is unbelievable. They get there, they don't get to do anything. They, they, they just are demanding to, to vote the party line, and they never, even if they don't really agree with it, and somehow a lot of these good people leave, and somewhere, someplace... You get the fundraising. Yeah, but some someplace, somewhere, somebody... There, there must be a rope or a, a little river that you have to hop over, and you become this entrenched, making money for yourself, don't give a crap about anybody. You know, the Pelosi's, the McConnell's, those people of the world. It, and everybody, quote... Wants those people. I'm saying something else is happening to these people along the way where they're leaving early on their own. The, 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 the term limits are. Well, you either leave in disgust or you uh, you learn to go along. Well, that's that's right. And I don't I don't know that we got to we got to figure out what the cause of that is and fix that. And, it, and term limits is like you know you know it's put a bandaid on a broken leg kind of thing. It, it it's a symptom, but it's not the problem. Is what I don't think. If I'm making any sense. Well, I, I think it has a chance. But like anything else, you don't, you know, again, this works better on, on uh, at smaller scales. It is really, really hard to do anything at a large scale. But uh, but the, the point of it is, you know, having having had to do a turnaround enough of, uh, you know, operations-type depar- uh, departments, um, you know, you have to deal with what's bleeding today uh, at all times. And at the same, by the same token, you have to have a direction that you're going, and uh, and so we we have a couple of problems with the status quo. One is we don't have that long-term direction with a path to get there, even though that path is going to get interrupted constantly by whatever's screaming at you today, um, and that's just the way it is, and that means it takes longer. But part two of that is um, that if it takes longer we got a problem because every time we change political parties in in, uh, in control, we're going to get off that path and, and go uh, on a different path. So we never we, we never have, you know, we, we don't have everybody in place. We don't have a commitment to do something over the long haul. We only have the uh, commitment to do something over the course of a presidency or over the course of uh, control of Congress. Uh, for, uh, you know, however that, however long that lasts. So, for instance, the Democrats are, you know, likely to lose Congress, probably, you know, uh, potentially both uh, houses of Congress this fall. And so, they're trying to get everything they can done in the meantime, which they really can't. Um, and you know, be damned whether the uh, short-term implications are problematic. They still want, they want to spend a lot of money right now. Manchin's blocking them because he said that's insane. Uh, we can't be doing that right now, but they want to do it right now because they're not going to get the chance to later. And as soon as, and and this is we've talked about this from an executive order standpoint that we keep you know doing stuff by executive orders, and then the next executive comes in and undoes it. So you know this is this is no way to govern. This is no way to get to to you know, 
we could diagnose the problems all day long. And whatever the five things are that we have to change uh, to try to make it better, we're not going to do it. It's not going to happen because it's not going to survive, uh, you know, more than a few years because we keep lurching back and forth politically. Well, it's, it, it is, is there some of that lurching back and forth, Kevin? There's also some, I, I don't know, I don't know where I've ever seen, at least from what they say, who knows what people really think, but from what they say, I've never seen a, a group more incompetent than the last two administrations. Absolutely incompetent. I mean, we've, we've got a guy, and not just him, because it was the Trump administration, the same in, in the in a two-year period, we increased the money supply by damn near forty percent, and and we don't. Yeah, and we so have, they were economically incompetent. However, Tom, they were at least competent at getting the border under control, uh, meeting their commitments on uh, uh, on regulation, and uh, you know. So there there were there were some. Well, things I'm talking in about there. both. I'm just blending whereas, them together. Whereas I don't see. Any competence in the current well, administration? Uh, whatever. I I'm can't not, think of anything they've done well. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the the resulting inflation is was predictable to a third grader, and now, and here it is. And now we have a president who's going over to a, if they didn't have oil, they'd be our enemy, Saudi Arabia. And he's gonna he's gonna beg them to come up with. He actually believes that the the inflation is because of some sort of a contrived oil shortage. He's out of his mind. They put him and him and Trump together, or Powell put this money in the system. I don't. I don't think Trump understands what he did either. But they they have no concept that they're going to have a, a, a twenty thirty percent bulge in inflation, no matter what, because they just devalued their currency for God's sake. I mean, how, how yeah, we people, talked about this. We yeah. talked about this early in the uh, Biden administration, where we said they were going to have inflation no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was inevitable. But the economy was going to come back. And it was probably, you know, given the economic recovery and given, you know, we shouldn't have shut down in the first place, but given that we did the economic recovery, it was probably going to be a tolerable level of inflation as things came back. And all that the Biden people had to do was pat themselves on the back and take credit for uh, for the recovery side of it. Well, I mean, um, the idea that... They didn't. But, I mean, didn't. Trump was... Ag- they, they, they screwed it up more. They poured well, gasoline on that well, fire. Well, the only reason why Trump didn't send out the $2,000 check is the Republican Senate wouldn't let him. He was dying to. And if he would have, he might have won. But I'm saying, they, 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 they were falling over themselves to throw money at people. The, the PPP... Now, there, there was still one more after that, too. Right, but, I mean, the, the PPP <laughs> stuff <laughs> was under was Trump. <laughs> the, the last one was... You know, it was probably the uh, the la- uh, you know a final straw. Let's put it that way. The, uh, uh, plus, the, extending unemployment benefits and and all of those. They all did that. Well. They both did that. Um, you know, they, it w- there was there was this whole package of things uh, that happened, and it was uh, you know, like I said, if they if they would have done nothing, they could have taken credit for any good that happened, but now. They're totally to blame. For, they're taking total blame for everything, yeah, well, whether but, they deserve all of it or not. But they, we have, we have it, no. It's, in other words, it was damn stupid politically. Well, we also have. You and I have talked about the backdrop forever. If you're big enough, nothing bad can happen to you. I mean, you look, you look in Chicago. This, this, what's going on here legally in the last three months? Anybody who listens even to WBBM for God's sake, news radio. You've got 
Madigan, I mentioned this yesterday, under under huge duress for supposedly getting money from Commonwealth Edison through the years and uh, and making bills happen that were, were beneficial to Commonwealth Edison and caused people like me's electric rate to go up. Well, duh. And, and so, but meanwhile, Commonwealth Edison is held harmless. Now, the next case, and this is bizarre, and I should get the names of these people. It's it's this guy, guy or lady who runs his restaurant in Banquet Hall, and there's like this, I think it's this Hispanic lady, alderman, alderwoman, that had her brunches there and stuff, and these people either gave them big discounts or didn't charge them. Well, they're charging the restaurant owner for trying to influence you know they must they, they must have wanted a dinner there and the guy said no or something they're trying they're charging the restaurant for trying to influence the older person who got the free meals because one person's big and one person how could both of those cases be going through the same time in court Kevin in our world doesn't make sense does it well yeah it does one's big and one's small and it's getting worse and worse and worse I mean right now if you, if you go to a I mean I listen I listen to some of the bumps on TV yesterday, talking about the economy is spectacular. If you go to any restaurant, it's mobbed. Yeah. Well, you, the Tripoli has a little bit of business. Not great. Look across the street, there's a saloon that closed in COVID. So they've got that business, too, and they're still not back to pre-COVID. Now, you go to a, one of the restaurants that people like that's open. There are people that can afford the 25% increase in restaurant tickets in the last two years, and they don't, they don't even seem to care. I mean, there's people that got the $54 billion of the airlines and weren't supposed to lay people off. And, oh, by the way, they laid off 14,000 people, and now they don't have to fly. You've got got people on TV, Tom, who are, they think their lives are normal. They think they're normal lives. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, they they, they think that they're normal. And and I don't know where that that gets you. I mean, uh, I I think if you and I all of a sudden won the lottery, we'd still talk to the same people, wouldn't we? We wouldn't think everybody won the lottery, would we? I hope not. Yeah, I forget who the uh, the the pundit was back when uh, when Nixon won the second time. He took all but one state. Uh, I think he took uh, all, all but Massachusetts. And uh, and there was some pundit saying, "I, I can't I can't believe it. Nobody I know voted for him. I'm I'm shocked that he did so well." <laughs> Absolutely. Did you? Uh, I'm not so sure. I, I think what's the first election we could run in? I voted. I was the first person I could vote for was Jerry Ford. I think seventy two. Seventy-six uh, for me, probably. I probably voted again. Voted for uh, Mondale, which was Carter. Yeah, I probably. Yeah. Um, no, seventy-two. Seventy-two. Seventy-two, because we were running around doing the uh, stuff. Seventy-two for you. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was probably good to go in seventy-two. I, I, I turned eighteen in, in seventy-two, and I think we were eighteen-year-old voting by then. Yeah, yeah, I was okay in seventy-two. I think. Actually, I, I, I mean, I know I voted for Ford. I think I might have voted against Nixon. I don't know why, because, I mean, Tricky Dick was a pretty bright guy, but he had his demons. I'm going to say he, he probably ranks as uh, clearly one of our smartest presidents in terms of uh, uh, just intellect and stuff he had done and reading he had done and everything else. But I, wouldn't you put him there? I would. Uh, it, in many ways, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, emotional intelligence, no. No. Um, but he had, uh, you know, judgment. Uh, judgment, uh, you know, when it came to uh, for, uh, foreign relations, he was, uh, he, he understood the chessboard. Um, when it came to uh, domestic stuff, I don't think he understood the people. Uh, probably not. He, uh, 
you know, Harvard wanted him, and his parents refused to pay him going to California to Harvard, so he ended up where, Whittier or someplace? Whittier College, yeah. Uh, but everybody gives Kissinger all the raves for all the China and all other stuff. I mean, I'm going to say it was at least as much Nixon, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it, it was. Kissinger understood power, uh, Kissinger, and Kissinger was a good negotiator. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that was his strength. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he sort of got the idea of, uh, of relative power, too. And he well, do you see anybody Do you see anybody in the, in the current crop of presidential candidates that can hold a candle intellectually to either Nixon or Roosevelt or Kennedy or even Eisenhower? Think about it, and, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that would tell you that, for instance, Buttigieg is is uh, is that smart. I don't think he is personally. I, I think I get a lot of Chauncey Gardner out of him. Um, and yeah, uh, probably are some. I mean, uh, clearly with with the, with the Kamala Harris, her background isn't what would you would like. I don't think. I mean, to be a um, no, I. I have no respect for the intellect there. Well, I mean, I don't think Biden. I think Biden was is a decent guy. Probably was a decent senator for a lot of years, and I don't know that you know that he. Plus, now he's he's, he's unfortunately failing a little bit. I think, uh, which there's a lot of people his age that are not failing, but but he seems to be having some problems. But yeah, it, it's it's not it's not his age. It's him. Yeah, uh, that, that's a problem. And and no, Biden. Not, I don't think he was. I don't think he's ever was exceptionally bright, and and, uh, and he's corrupt as hell. But other than that, yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, you know, why why do you think people? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how people, this is a we don't have much time here, but I don't think that Biden was ever personally corrupt. I mean, I don't think he ever made a boatload of money in the Senate. He got the train went home every weekend. Why do people let their kids do crap that they would never do themselves? The kid was kicking up. He was kicking tribute up to the old man. Well, maybe we don't. I don't. He was selling access to the old man. It wasn't Hunter run amok. It was Hunter as Bagman. Well, how much? How much of this? I mean, uh, I don't know. We can't answer this question in a couple minutes. How much of this? You know, let's put it this way: If Paul Simon or Adley Stevenson were there today, at some point, wouldn't they say, "Boy, I better get something because all these other guys are taking it." I mean, is it so widespread now that you're an absolute moron if you don't get your piece? You know, it, maybe. But, uh, you know, like I said, it, you know, how, how, so how do you do this? You know, how, how do you cash in? Well, you have uh, Hunter do all the collecting and then do things like pay all of Dad's bills, you know, pay for the homes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about the cash trail to Dad. You can just... You know, off offload it one uh, and launder it that way. How did uh? So, no, this was this is all going on. It's all documented, and um, uh, you know, it's it's just it, it's being ignored in some circles, and uh, and it's having well, Kevin, uh, we told a, about it in other circles. I know I sent it to you a while we'll back. See if it ever comes to you know comes to anything. Well, I know I sent it to you a while back. Uh, one of the listeners sent us. And I wore these guys found it. It was allegedly a summary of how well. In the last two or three years, versus the S and P, some of the Congress people and their families, how their trading accounts have gone. Now, back from the day, you're not even supposed to have one. But and I'm going to say the list was there's like 30 people. Pelosi was like 15th. 
The top four were Republicans I never even heard of. It's, it's not like it's just the people we point fingers at. You know, if you're a Republican, you point at Pelosi. If you're a Democrat, you point it toward the, the lady who sold after the COVID meeting. It seems like it's, no, it's a it's game. Of them. That's why I hate them all, Tom. Well, it's, I'm getting to that point myself. That's, on, that, on that happy note, uh, next week we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on uh, with what Lou was saying yesterday about people getting agents in high school and stuff now, Kevin. That's wild. Let's talk a little bit about that yeah, next week. Yeah, we can spend a little time on that. I, You know, I think I know what the NCAA reasonably can do as well, so we can talk about that. I think they're... I had. Uh, I, I com- think they're, they're, they've, they've surrendered. Well, I have a conversation last night with somebody you know, we'll go nameless, um, says that in 10 years um, uh, they agree with me that somehow or another this is all going to be federal, it's going to be a it's going to be a, comp- a competition to the NFL, it's all going to be taxed, be to- totally different, and the NCAA is going to let it, it's all going to get away from them, because people are going to be pissed, uh, somehow. SP Futures up 9, as their Futures... Uh, we're in NASDAQ futures. They're up 15, so we're still positive. Be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. I don't think there's a hell of a lot I can do. We're at the mercy of the computer. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Mama's a righty. Hello, welcome back. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tomo. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 975, 950. 
Nasdaq futures up 11 and a quarter. We're up here, but it's not a, not a, a huge rush to the upside. Uh, we did have a big bounce yesterday during the day, as we did the day before, and two pretty awful inflation numbers. And of course, everybody in the whole world was telling everybody how it's peaked and so forth. And Carl, how are you? I'm doing fine, but if you think inflation's peaked, well, okay. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe, maybe it has in that, you know, the next few months it'll be, uh, you know, eight and a half instead of nine. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and put this out there in a, in a way. Of course, everybody, if they quote me, of course, it'll be totally butchered. But I think if you actually look at the numbers on an on a really analytical level of the causes and the push behind the inflation I think we actually peaked uh, maybe two months ago and I'm, I'm going to explain that Carl and, uh, and I, boy, I hope I don't lose everybody here again uh, I'm going to use some physics terms when, you, when your car is stopped and you apply the gas you're accelerating maybe you're accelerating 20 miles an hour per every 15 seconds or something Right. Until you get to 80, and then you take your foot off the gas, you're no longer accelerating. You're not going to go any faster, but you're going to hang there at 80 for a while. Well, here, if you take your foot off the gas, it'll slow. But if you're in space, you're just going to go 80 forever, right? And uh, and there's a there's a there's an acceleration. There's a velocity, and I think the acceleration caused by the Fed pouring money into the system. In the last couple of months, they've actually stopped that, and the money supply, in fact, is being slammed almost back to flat, which is a tremendous right. turnaround. Well, yeah, and, and, but here's here's the problem. So, as as you know, um, and you know, we've discussed this a bunch of times on the show, and, and uh, you know, in, in the words of the uh, of Milton Friedman, inflation is always an everywhere monetary phenomenon. And so you can look at the that money supply figures, which is really, you know, I hate I hate that phrase because everybody says printing money, printing. You can't print money. You can't print a chicken. You can't print a barrel of oil. You can print credit, and they spend exactly the same way. But you only actually create value by doing things. You can't do it by pushing buttons on a keyboard. No, you 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 go out. Uh, well, from the way I understand it, and tell me if I'm wrong, the, the, if the Fed wants to go out and buy a billion dollars worth of bonds the Treasury has just issued in the open market, they essentially write a check, and the check clears out of nowhere. So, to the right, extent... Right, but, but, but that's credit. Right, but I'm saying the person they write the check to can go to the bank and get money. Okay, so they print... It's, it's sort well, of the yeah, same but, thing. But, but again... It's, it's, it, it, I think we should change the definition. We should change the terminology. We should, we should call it money myth. Yes, yes. It, instead of money. Because the $20 bill in your wallet and your Visa card spend exactly the same way. And yet, they're not the same thing. Right. There's, there's a lot of, of cross-pollination because in all modern monetary systems, money and credit are not only fungible, they're they're confused, and they're confused on purpose. Well, anyway, and and so, but but to try to understand why certain things happen within the economy, especially when it comes to inflation and th- and things like this, you have to separate these things out because the the basically the 
the bottom line on this is that you can increase the credit and money supply in the system and and as productivity takes place which which is the simple definition is doing more with the same or doing more with less as that happens in order to maintain price stability the amount of money and credit the system has to expand by that amount right all right but the, but the thing is you don't want that you you actually you actually even don't want that because all human progress in terms of our going forward as as a species has always come from doing more with less which means you should get more for the same amount of money which is deflation and yet that is that is the the definition of human progress. Well, you you don't want to restrict the system. You don't want to restrict the borrowing. To well, I, I, I'm not saying it would be restrictive, but here's the thing: the there's there the question becomes who owns the improvement in efficiency that comes from productivity? Okay, the, the governments always argue, and politicians always argue, and monetarists always argue, and the Fed always argues. That this this doesn't belong to the people who caused it to happen, and yet you're the reason it happened. You, you, you being the colloquial everyone in yep. the economy, because you're the one who figured out the the way to be you know to get another two miles per gallon out of out of a gallon of gasoline, okay, or whatever it is. You're you're the one that figured out how to improve the efficiency of an air conditioner by ten percent, so that it uses less energy but delivers the same number of tons of cooling, and this you know this sort of thing as it as it goes on throughout time, and yet in the general sense, what you see, especially when you see things like the Fed saying we have a two percent inflation target, what the Fed's actually saying is we have gained to ourselves, and and actually in violation of the law because the law says stable prices. So what Congress has said is that the federal government and Congress owns your improvement in the productivity of the country. You don't own it. You're you're the one who causes it, but it's not your property. You have no right to it whatsoever. The government has arrogated to itself the capacity to steal it, and you let them do that. And then the Fed has gone even further and has said, not only do we own all of your improvement in productivity that you generated, by going to work and doing your job, you generated that improvement. We owe not just that, but another two percent on top of it. Well, to get back sort of where I where I was heading with this thing is that when you look at the and this this the scary part of this, you know, I'm not a kid anymore, Carl, but it wasn't that long ago, and we're doing the same damn thing. This this guy, this president, is doing the same. He's making the same mistake I think Volcker made. Because what happened was we we had dramatic inflation. Where are we? We're July, right? Last part of last year, early part of this year. Let's say the last eighteen months. But our buffoons, either either just because of uh, it takes a while for it to enter the system or or those kinds of things, refuse to admit it. So I'm going to say, and I, I I would defend this to anybody. Milton Friedman is still alive. That our actual push on prices has dropped dramatically in the last three months. However, our idiots still have uh, rent and housing 
up 5% year over year. Now, that's that somehow is going to work its way through the system for the well, next... And, and that's BS. And well, everybody knows I understand that. that, but I'm saying at some point, it's going to work its way through the system to where the inflation in housing is going to show up in the CPI in September. When it might already right. be... And, well, but, but here's... So I, I want to put some pushback on this because I... I, I I think to some extent you're right, okay, and will be proven to be right in terms of, of where things have, you know, have, have played out. But, but I have a caution to go with that, which is that the, the PPI report, which, uh, you know, which, which showed up uh, yesterday, says that, no, the, the input side of this uh, is not over, and the PPI, especially in the intermediate and crude goods, uh, is you know it's just twelve months, to eighteen months out before it it actually shows up at the other end at the cash register tape, and so and and the PPI numbers that that we got yesterday were were nasty. Well, especially uh, on the, and, on the good and side. By the way, they've been nasty for the last year sequentially, every, on a month by month and an annualized basis. Uh, and there is absolutely no evidence that that's slowing down. Okay. Zero. All right, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not communicating this as well at all here. Obviously, what I meant was the actual push sort of stopped a few months ago. But that money they pour in takes just the money takes six to twelve months to work its way through. Correct. So right, and then, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's and, and that's you know what we've talked about before is that. Whatever change you make in policy doesn't instantaneously reflect back into the economy. So if you combine the lag and just the policy itself, which you're absolutely articulately correct about, and the lag and these people counting it, you really have this massive push of inflation in the in the records. Really, it can it extend long after it's actually gone. It did it. It did in the Volcker era. I mean, he he could have pulled his foot off the gas or the brake. Six months earlier, he might have even saved the savings loan industry. Because in the last six months, he kept jamming on the money supply, and, and, and Dr. J and I would sit there going, all right, there is no inflation anymore. When's the, when's the last time you saw a price go up? You know, But now we have, we have even more of a problem, Carl, and I kind of want to slip over to this. What, if, if you and I were there to fix it, okay, well, we, we A, want to stop the push, which I think they have actually are doing, scary as it may seem. But now... The prices are so high. I don't know that we do. We have to bring them down to where the average people can actually afford crap, or or do we, or do we, and just do it that way and say, okay, we're down to a two and a half percent money supply growth. Let's just let that go for ten years and and hope people catch up. Or do we go the other way and start to retard and we actually take money out of the system to where we drop the money supply? Chief, Chief you have to take this push. The, the the delta that has been put in the system has to come back out. There is no possible way for the the common schmuck, not the not the guy who has you know. I mean, I'm I'm not the common schmuck. Okay, I you know I made a nice pile of money running a company, and I you know and, I, and I'm doing fine. I'm not the, the common wage earning schmuck. Uh, the average wage earning schmuck it has to come back out because. If you, I mean, the, the insanity that I that has happened over the last couple of years, just in housing alone, okay. And I don't care whether you own, you allegedly own a place, you, know, you have a note on it or whatever, or whether you're renting, it doesn't make any difference. 
the reality is is that the, that you know that shows up in both places at once and then the the cost push that comes from that that has been put into the system and and to a large degree municipalities and counties will try to make that permanent through the property tax base that all has to come back out and i nobody nobody wants to talk about that but look uh, you know, everyone's at, oh, you know, we have this nice, we'll have this permanent plateau. You know, when did we hear that? That was in you know, yeah. 1929, I think, right? That, you know, that asset prices had reached a permanent plateau and everything was going to be fine. Well, it didn't work that way because they kept trying to stand on that point instead of allowing the adjustment to take place. And what they got instead was a crash and a mess that went on for a decade. We, we are looking at the same sort of problem. And and if we don't do something about it, we're going to get the same sort of result. You you can't take a look at, for example, what's going on in the inputs in the farming industry right now in the United States, where you have ridiculous increase, tripling of fertilizer costs. Okay, just as an example, and and you now have ranchers taking cattle and swine to be slaughtered because they literally can't feed them. This is not because they're at the time that they need to, you know, that, that, okay, it's time for them to cycle through and we get the next set of piglets or we get the next, you know, the, the next calves. No, 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 no. These are people who have a negative amortization on the feed rate versus what they can sell them for. And so the problem, of course, with that is what happens when those are gone? What, what now happens to the supply? And what do you think that's going to do to price okay. six or 12 months down the road? Right, let's get on a different level of the of the chessboard here i absolutely agree that it would be terrific if we could do that here's here's my here's where i'm coming from i mean you and i always get to the same conclusion from totally different directions which makes it so much fun the 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 inflation of the 70s and 80s you know when i was involved at pullman and myself uh and my parents and everything else i came out of there with the the incredible fear that i have carl is that in Inflation is a, is a it really helps some people out. It's the best thing in the world for governments, especially if you got a laddered income tax issue. Right. Uh, but there, it the thing that makes me think it's horrible is it is so friggin' uneven. Some people are helped, most people are hurt, some people are eviscerated. I mean, it's really, really uneven. If you have a, a cost of living in your contract with some union, you do better than some other guy. It's it's really uneven. And I would love, I mean, I, I, can, I can tell you there's some stupid stuff I look at. There's, there's people that are selling 1997-98 Chevy pickups, which I happen to kind of like. Carl, they're selling them for what the list price was, for God's sake. I know. But I'm saying, but my, but my concern is, I, I'm with you 100%. I'm in the pool with you. We're both in there. I'm not going to say naked. We're both got our big suits on. Uh, we're both in the same pool. I'm not convinced that if you go back the other way and actually try and retard this, that the same people who made the dollar the upside are going to make it the downside. The damn pickup's not going to go down. I mean, I'm not so sure that if we drag it out of the system, we're not going to cause almost as much damage as we did putting it in. You're, you know what? You're, you're, going to, you're going to have... So there are going to be a lot of people who get hurt no matter how you do this. Okay. And, and I don't... Uh, you know, there's, there's, that can't be the gating factor. Because the reality of it is that, to a large degree, that damage is self-inflicted. Right? How many people during the during this 
you know, this last 10 years, really, because it's, you know, if you, if you think about it, it really does go back to the start of the, the crazy stupid after we, you know, we came out of the, the housing crash, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's, you know, it's the last 10 years. How many people have looked at, at the S&P 500, it was trading at, a, you know, trading at 1,000, all right, around that period of time, and, and by God, they're entitled to have it at five. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, and you know what? No, you're not. No, you never were. And and if you structured your life around that, a a four hundred percent gain, and you didn't take that money off the table, and now oh 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 oh, you know twenty five percent of it's already gone. And uh, mm, what happens if it goes back to to to, to, to oh, oh oh man, uh, gee, that could be bad, right? Especially when I bought two new houses in that period of time, and I you know, and I doubled my monthly nut that I have to have in order to survive. I, I'm sorry, I I how do you protect that? Well, because I'm if saying. you protect that, who do you screw? You screw everybody that doesn't have assets in that well, space. It, it's a everyone. Well, doing what they did, Carl, and I, again, I'm just, we're, we're, we're good radio here, because I, I, I'd love, I think, I think practically, because of the surge was so big, that you, know, you can't expect people to catch up, you've got to, you've got to let some of the balance sheet run off, you've got to let some of it come out, I, I, I'm with you, what I'm saying is, neither one of us, I think, are dumb enough to think that you, you picked it, you know, fertilizer prices, and I picked at old Chevy pickup prices and whatever they are. And they either one or us A year from now, if we retired the money supply back 6%, say, uh, or 5%, some number which is, you know, it's not anywhere near as much as we put in, but it's a real number to retire. I don't think you'd be the least bit surprised to say, gee, there's only three or four fertilizer places in the world, and guess what? The price of fertilizer has dropped to half of 1%. For me to say, boy, these pickups don't look like they come down at all. I mean, that's what we have to be. I think that's what we have to be concerned about. I'm with you, but I but I'd be watching that like a hawk once I did it. Yeah, I I think you're right. Okay, but at the same time, what I look at is this: during you know during the depression, there were a handful of people who didn't get out over their skis. They, they were a minority, but, the, but there were people who did not get out over their skis in the 1920s. Happy days are, you know, oh, it's all wonderful. That Well, guess what? I'm socking a bunch of this back. I'm not going to go out to the bar every night and get trashed and, you know, blow all the money. And and when the, when it came, when the contraction came, they scooped up stuff at five and ten cents on a dollar. And 20 years down the road, they were, they, they were just fine. And they were in great shape. And they stayed that way. And the same, you know, I, I look back at my, my own history in business and twice... When I was running MCS, I capitalized on somebody else's stupidity that blew up. Okay, and and they were not these, the, the, you know there were there were dozens of little ones, but there were two really big ones, and probably the most the most important one was the ability to get office class A office space downtown that I really had to have in order to be where we needed and to have access to the infrastructure that we needed at a fifth of what it should have cost me. And it was simply because somebody else did a stupid thing, they blew up, and I got their space. Well, okay, but uh, a, a lot of the times you can, you can let's say, I'm going to go a different route on this. Yes, they, they did a, a stupid thing, but I'm going to say if you go back, certainly in my lifetime, back to 
I'm, I'll start in 1968 when, when the Bretton Woods can Virtually every one of these swings where people are stupid, not stupid, is, is they, they didn't anticipate changes in Fed policy and they got caught. Well, uh, yeah, but that's but uh, but uh, here's it's not just that they didn't anticipate it; they tried to take advantage of something that didn't happen. Well, there's been one one place just sold the uh, the J, I don't know, uh, whatever the hotel on and LaSalle and Adams, and now the Palmer House is is up for auction as well. Now this place, from what one of the listeners and he loves you by the way, Carol. So he so he, you can tell he's a little touched to start with. Um, he he sends me this whole list. Now he got the information that the this this place used to be where the building. Remember uh, where Chicago Corp was, and there was a bank in that building. I can't remember the name of the damn bank. It was on the, the southwest corner of LaSalle and Adams. Anyway, these guys took over the building, uh, and, and I forget the name of the hotel, but they, they built this really nice. You know, uh, what do they call the hotels that are just smaller, a couple hundred rooms? And uh, in 2019, the place was worth like 250 million bucks, and they made 22 million. And every year, that's about what they were doing. They're getting a 10% return. They're doing right. fine. All of a sudden, now the COVID, they couldn't make a mortgage payment, and uh, and they lost six or ten the last year. They haven't made a mortgage payment, and the thing goes out for auction. Well, I, I guess those guys were idiots, or, I mean, I don't know if they were or they weren't. I mean, how would you anticipate the city shutting down in COVID, for God's sake? Well, well hold on a minute. The virus didn't shut anything down. Uh, there was nobody downtown here. No, no, the virus was the virus. The virus is okay, the animal. It doesn't have brain. Right. Doesn't can't make a decision. All right. What I'm saying is, you we've most of the stuff we've seen in this country, in in my lifetime, has been very very bad policy. Or oh oh, I, yeah. oh absolutely okay. Or it's but, been policy look, that was in, that was intended. But look, you're you're crazy, overweight sob, of a governor, and and your nut job mayor, yeah. okay, are the ones who shut down your economy. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They they could have been the most expansive. They could have been the Florida guy, and you still aren't going to have a convention in McCormick Place. Nobody's coming. Well, but you, but you know what? They could have. They, well, that's true. But you know what? They could have said, "Bite me. This is this is a virus. We can't. We we can attempt to so-called you know mitigate. We can make people feel good. But in the end, we don't believe this is going to work." Well, Okay, that, they, that, they that could have these steps will not actually change the trajectory of anything. And oh, by the way, over over the last two years, that's been proven correct. I I get that part. I mean, I'm 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 with you on most of this stuff. My point is, no single governor could have said, "Okay, we're open for business," and all of a sudden had McCormick Place with twenty thousand people. It was not going to happen. Carl. Oh no, oh that's true. But you know what? Even even the people that like to scream about how wonderful DeSantis was down in Florida. They're again engaged in selective memory because I lived there when this started. I was in the process of moving here to Tennessee, and that is the guy who literally threatened to throw you in jail if you came into the state from another state and didn't go through his quarantine. I, well, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm saying the 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 fiasco back in the Resolution Trust in the Volcker years. He started. He jammed the. the I think, like I said, this all. Everything these people do, Carl, has has repercussions. I mean, yesterday I was always, always. I mean, yesterday I was talking about how if if you had been if 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 the Carl and I and Matt threesome had a contract to somebody to build ten homes for them a year, and because I used to do this for Pullman, uh, and, and we said, okay, by the way, these houses are going to be three hundred thousand. We're going to have this, this, and this. But by the way, over ten years, prices might go up. We'll index this stuff to the CPI. 
Now, granted, the criticism would be, especially if my brother would have said, well, geez, you should have used the lumber index and this and that. I, I get right. that part. There's no doubt we could have done a better job in putting it together. But back in 1978, when I was doing this, no, nobody thought that the people doing the CPIs were crooks. I mean, I mean, you, you might have said, okay, the metal was up a little more or less than the CPI, but by and large, if the country said there was 1% inflation over the quarter or 2% over the quarter, you know what? That's about what Pullman felt, and everybody was happy with that. It was, it was okay. Can you imagine if we would have had that deal for the last 10 years? I'm going to say the inflation in, in home-building stuff has been what? At minimum 7 8% a year. And, and these oh, yeah. Have, I mean, it, know, it's, it's, it's just it's craziness when you think about it. It really is. And, and that's... I, I just look at all these things that have gone on over the last you know, decade or so, and and uh, honestly, I uh, you know where where is the valuation? And it's you know people you hear this all the time. You hear the talking heads. Well, you know valuations are uh, you know we we've, we've got this earnings number that we're supposed to have you know in a composite across the entire S and P, for example. And therefore, you know because the prices come down, this you know this it's it's time to get in the water, right? And my and my immediate reaction to that is for the last thirty years. We've had the ability to, to show good earnings if you're literally running a cash furnace with your money. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right? You're not producing anything. And that day is gone. It's over. And then you add to that what we've done to trade sequestration, which, is, which has been a huge suppression of consumer inflation. And that has been going on for the last three decades or thereabouts. So there is almost nobody in the economic field or in the market field that has dealt with an environment, an economic environment, where that's not there to some extent. That's gone, too, because of what's happened with Ukraine and Russia. And that's not coming back either. So what is what is the actual earnings number without those two things there? I don't know. SP Futures up 6, NASDAQ Futures up 2. Come back, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk a bit more about the, the president's trip. we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. And we still got to go through these numbers a little more because you're right about the, the PPI. The, the, the goods part was 2.4%. I don't know if you spotted that. Services part, like what I do, that doesn't go up at all. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. 
We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back, stocks and jocks. I'm Tom. Tom Al. Matt Burn on the board. Just when you thought the uh, banks, Wells Fargo had loan reserves, we had J.P. Morgan loan reserves. Uh, Citigroup, the clunker of the group, comes out and says they're they're raising profit estimates because of rising interest rates, and their shares are up up the, uh, almost two bucks here, four percent. So, who would have thunk that out of the group, those guys would be the winner of this this earnings week so far? Um, we have uh, where are we here? We got S and P futures. Retail sales number came out one percent as opposed to one point nine, so slight beat on the retail sales number. Uh, S&P futures up 275. Nasdaq futures, however, have dropped on that. They're down 19. Um, over in Europe, we've got the uh, and these guys are playing a little catch up in the uh, rally yesterday afternoon to get us back to almost break even in some areas. DAX up 159, 1.3%. FTSE up 62.9%. Kakaron's dropped a little bit. They're only up 17.3%. Asia, another picture though. Well, we got Nikkei up actually a little bit, 145.5%. Shanghai, however, down 54. It's 1.6%. Hang Sang, whack, whack, whack again. 453, down 2.2%. Tech stocks dropping, and China's GDP misses expectation. Uh, I don't know, we'll have to ask Carl a little bit about these bank runs over there. That's just crazy. As we have reviewed yesterday, the Dow made it back from being down like 600. We down only down 142. S&P down 11. We're down probably 50 or 60 there. NASDAQ actually made it positive, up 360. And it wasn't down as much yesterday, but the NASDAQ has gotten hammered earlier in the week. NASDAQ's had a really rough week. So we'll see if they go down today or we make any kind of a bounce. Uh, bonds unchanged now at 2.97. Uh, Ten-year over in the Bund is 1.17. Unchanged as well. Japan unchanged at 0.23. So not much going on there after these numbers. Uh, oil, buck 31, 97.09. Rent up a dollar fifty-nine, one hundred and sixty-nine. 
100 hours is 69 cents. Nat- natural gas down 11 cents, 6.48. Our bob up 5 cents, 3.23. So the normal spread is you should be your gas should be like four bucks right now, maybe 4.05. And it's nowhere. I don't think it's not even under five hours here in Chicago, so it's pretty sticky on the way down. Gold down 3.40, 17.02. In danger of going below 1700. After it was in danger of going through 2000 a while ago, not anymore. Silver up 11 cents, 1833. Copper down 2 cents, 318. And we've got Bitcoin up 133, 20,805, hanging over that 20,000. Every time it goes below uh, 20,000, somebody's buying it, gets it back over 20. Uh, what do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 7.36 a.m. on Friday, July 15, 2022. Uh, in sports yesterday, uh, MLB, Cubs back at home against Mets. Uh, Cubs lose 0-8. Both teams back again today at 1.20 p.m. Also uh, yesterday, White Sox against Twin City. White Sox win 12-2. Uh, again, both teams back at uh, 7.10 p.m. Now for today, uh, Diamondbacks up against San Diego. Uh, catch that tonight at 8.40 p.m. Now for weather in Chicago, uh, currently rain showers. Expect that to continue throughout the day. Uh, more on the way from the west. Uh, currently 69 degrees, a high of uh, 77. That's down uh, earlier from uh, or 83 early in the morning and uh, a low of 69. In Phoenix, mostly cloudy, an excessive heat warning in effect for that area. Uh, 80 degrees, a high of 112 and a low of 88. Now for traffic in Chicago. Traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between uh, Austin Boulevard and downtown. Uh, traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Central Avenue and, uh, let's see here, 90, not 91st Street. Okay, no, no, 9th Avenue. Let's get that right. Uh, uh, again, uh, it's traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Central Avenue and 9th Avenue. Uh, traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. After that, lighter traffic to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy, light traffic up until between Addison Street and West Bryn Mawr. Uh, traffic northbound in Stevenson between uh, Cicero Avenue and South Damon Avenue. And finally, traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 35th Street uh, down to the Jane Byrne Interchange downtown. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. So, uh, Carly's numbers are... I don't I don't know how... Uh, I mean, if, if somebody... Obviously, you like the, number, like the numbers. You pay attention to the numbers as well. There's so much money that got slashed in the system that the difference between nominal and, and real and what the deflator ought to be I would. I couldn't begin to tell you what these numbers mean at this level. Can oh, you? Oh yeah, no. They, they, I, I was, you know, reading the March report over the break because you know it just came out. And uh, first off, on a headline basis, um, if you look at the the April, May, June number as a composite, so those those three months, and the improvement over last year, uh, it's it's flat to slightly down versus inflation. Okay, because March is not adjusted for price changes. So it has a seasonal adjustment component to it, which I don't like, as uh, you know, as I've talked about a, a thousand times. The, the, the game playing that goes on when you start doing the seasonal adjustment stuff, even unintentionally, even, even leaving aside that people may want to do it for political reasons, just just the 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 inability to accurately model that is enough for me to just throw cold water all over anything that doesn't show up in a 12-month, you know, comparison. Uh, and that's, to me, is that's where truth lies, because Christmas comes the same time every year, so it's the 4th of July, and, you know, so that, that kind of thing never changes. But it, it, when you look at that, what this basically says is that there is there is no spending expansion. Then you dig into the center of the table, and into the, go into the actual table, and, and this is this is a stunning, just stunning number. Okay, 
we'll take last year and uh, just one column, just one column, and that's gasoline. The, the dollar value of gasoline bought this June versus last June is up 50%. Okay, so what's the price difference? Well, that that the, the G, all of it, right? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying, I mean, I'm, what I'm trying to get to is it is because because here's the thing they they don't they don't give you the number of gallons bought they but, give you the number of dollars but that's what you need the amount of, I mean, well right but we, we we don't have the we don't have the gallons bought we have the dollars well, so here's here's the thing though take that back out of the March number. And and this was a horrid report. Okay, but what I'm, what I'm what I'm getting to here, Beck, there was. I'm not saying it was perfect at all. Uh, you know, Andy Mayberry, but when when we had inflation for a while and it was admitted finally, but was it with us for a while in the 70s? You would get it was almost a discipline in the system. However, anybody reported a number, they would try and give you the nominal versus other. Now. You and I look at that, that number of the gasoline, and we're going to say the dollar value is up 50%. Are the, are the, you know, so is, if the price is up 100%, it means that we actually dropped, what, if I did the math here, where we actually, what, dropped 20% in gas sales. Right, in terms of number of gallons sold, right. right. So I don't... Right. Uh, but see, we don't, have, we don't get that out of March. It's not in there. Well, but I mean, so that's... that's th- that, I mean, two things. I mean, if if I were to get again, Carl, I, my 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 error, and a lot of the listeners think I'm nuts. I think, but I always err. I don't know why it is, but when I started as a financial analyst, there's people that look at these broad numbers of the world, and and they and they try and work their way down. I always look at what the bottom guy's getting, <laughs> and try and work my way up and see if everything everything adds up. And I I don't. I mean, I when, when you t- if I were to tell you the simply like take the triply tap where it's a it's drinking hole of stocks and jacks. Okay, now let's say their their price their their this July over last July their sales are up twenty percent. All right, now I have to take into account. Uh, well, if their if their prices are up twenty five, they're actually down. Well, not five. You do the math. It's probably down four. Then I have to notice. Well, gee, there used to be a saloon across the street, and now there isn't. So they're they're none. So some of the people have, that I could see at the other end of the bar used to hang out across the street, and now they're here. So right. there's all kinds of things that, if you want to analyze these numbers, you you need to find out before you can say, are we doing better or worse? And my 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 instinct is we're not doing better, but I honestly don't know, Carl. I honestly don't know. Well, let me let me just kind of you know. So the gross change um, from last June to this June, again non-adjusted. So you know, so, uh, June is the same June every month. It's Fifty-seven billion dollars. Okay, that's the gross change. That's that's across all categories, and out of that, um, half of it, approximately, was gasoline. Yeah. Well. And so I mean, you know. Now, was there were there gains in other places? Yeah, there were some gains, there were some losses, but they were all small. And and this is again annualized, all right. So I mean, you look at June, you know, motor vehicles and parts dealers. Last June was one thirty two two ninety seven. This June is one thirty two two sixty nine. That's okay. That's flat. 
right? That's a, that's that's a zero. Um, there were some gains in furnitures and home stores. There were there was a a substantial decrease, uh, about uh, six tenths, uh, in electronics and appliance. Uh, building materials is up, but of course the cost of lumber and materials are up. So is that actual activity or is that, you know, what is that, right? I mean, the percent change over 2021 is, is 6%. But again, what's the inflate? Well, if the inflation rate is eight, then that's actually a decrease. Uh, food and beverage stores, 7.6% increase in gross dollars. But again, if, if inflation is eight, that's flat. That's you know, it's down for ticks. Um, so, I mean, this is, you know, you look at this, and, and, and yet gasoline stations are up 41%. Uh, yeah, hello. And then, and then you see some other things that are, you know, are kind of like about where they are, like clothing and clothing accessories up 10 on an annualized basis. Well, guess what? That's probably about where inflation is, so that, yeah, okay. So where did it come out of? Well, it came out of sporting goods. It came out of general merchandise. Um, and, and uh, you know, electronics and appliance stores, furniture and home furnishings, motor vehicles and parts, and, and building materials to a small extent, food and beverage stores to a small extent. But that's, that, I mean, it's a barbell economy. There's some people that, yeah, okay, you know, if you, if, but when you force people to spend it on energy, uh, it's got to come out of somewhere else. But, but you also, the, the energy... It, it's it's worked its way through everything you possibly do. I mean, I I, I know to go get, uh, you know, a couple of glasses of wine and a burger at the local bar used to be twenty five bucks. Now it's like forty or right. thirty five. I mean, it's not even close. But but here, here's a one one number here I've been watching, Carl, because and I, I don't know if this is the, the world's greatest number either. But I guess what I'm saying is I like looking at these numbers. If, if I was in charge, which I'm not. I would like to know the numbers to see if I'm if I'm gaining or losing or what I'm doing. I have ma- I or creatures like me in the Oval Office before me have managed to screw these numbers up. I don't I don't even know what they're telling me. But I, I know that we got we got a guy going to Saudi Arabia and they're trying to spend more money here, right? And when you spend money, you have to do it one of three ways. I'll, I'll use the term you create it. I won't use print because they know you don't like that. You tax it or you borrow it. Well, if you do a you're going to have problems with inflation because you just basically made it up somehow. Well, now, if I'm going to Saudi Arabia, if if I got my head and screwed on straight and realize how much money these guys have just made, I might be making a pitch to say, you know, we give you cut you guys a lot of slack. You murdered a bunch of people <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff that nobody likes anybody in the world doing. By the way, I think you personally are a crook and a murderer. I don't know if you want to say it quite that way. But uh, you probably wouldn't. And say, you know, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to continue to, like, ignore all your BS. But you got to do something for me. You made all this oil, a lot of it on American people. You're gonna, we're going we're gonna to put bonds out for this infrastructure program, and you bleeps are going to buy $500 billion of these bonds. And, we'll, and I'll let you slide for the rest of the two years I'm in here on this other stuff. That's what you do. You don't go over there and beg for them to produce oil, for God's sake, Carl. Oh, I know, and you know, but but you got to wonder. I mean, I, I'm I'm very curious as to what the real backstory is on that entire trip because it's it's not what we're being sold. No, it's it's, it's so stupid what they're being sold that we can't believe it. 
Yeah, it's 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 so dumb that you can't possibly. Say, I mean, I'm sorry if your IQ is bigger than your shoe size, you can't sit there and say, okay, that makes sense. Right? Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, so, so what's really going on there? I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, other than other than a you know a, a pretty face trip, which you know presidents do all the time. Okay, administrations. I don't care what the administration is; they all do that. Um, but in terms of actual substance, it makes absolutely no sense. And and the reality of it is is that if if you want to make sense, what you have to do, which the Biden administration will never do, uh, is reverse the disastrous policies, and then unfortunately because of the chilling impact that you've had on the fact that, that these things are done with a pen and a phone, um, instead of through Congress, instead of through actual action where there's a debate, and, uh, you know, flawed though it is, there's at least a debate, uh, you're, gonna, you're going to have the kind of impact in the energy production in industry in the United States, it's already happened, and it will not go away, that Jimmy Carter imposed on the nuclear industry. And the only way you're going to fix it is statutory protections so that when somebody makes goes to make an investment on something that has a 20 or 30 year amortization schedule they don't get screwed in five or three or two <laughs> or three or two or one yeah okay and, and the thing is you can't you know people say well we'll just vote a you know a democrat or, or a republican congress in and, and you know in two more years we'll get rid of biden and we'll put a republican yeah, president and everything will be, be okay because you know DeSantis yeah. or trump or whoever whoever it, is, whoever it ends up being when we all shake all this out and the answer is no, it won't, because if I, am a, if I am a dude that owns a drilling company or a pipeline company, and what I do is build pipelines to move refined products or crude products from one place to another, that's, that's my job. And, and the infrastructure that I put together has an amortization schedule that says this thing is going to be in service for the next 50 years. And you tell me you're going to screw me potentially in two or three? I'm not spending five cents. All right, I got two we got uh, 11 minutes. i got two serious questions. Well, not that we aren't talking about serious stuff. What do you think about this thing in Ohio, this plant where they, they're holding up the whole federal government to get all this money? I, I, if We don't have any people making chips here. First of all, Carl, all it does is put us right where Lou says we are in a fascist system, one one or two places in every industry with their head up the ass of government. I want 10 chip plants, right? I don't want one, and I don't want to give them any money. I'll give them, I'll give well, them. no, the way, the way you solve this is waging environmental parity tariffs. I've been, I've been talking about this for the last 15 yeah, plus yeah. years. Okay. You, you want to poison the environment. You want to run slave labor camps, you know, using, using uh, you know, in the case of China, Muslims that they don't like. So uh, guess what? We're, you know, we're going to send you a re-education plant and you get to, you know, you get to work at, at blah, blah, blah company during that time, whether you like it or not, or you starve. Uh, and, and, oh, by the way, uh, while we supposedly produce these green energy solar panels, the energy that comes to produce the panels is, is made by this great big coal-fired power plant that's sitting right next door to the place that's making the panels. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's lunacy-level stuff that we let that go on. And then it comes here into the United States, and we say, oh, look at how wonderful we are. You want to solve this problem, you stop that by slapping them with wage and environmental parity tariffs, and it, it changes immediately. Because it's not economic to put the plant over there anymore. And guess what? Well, transportation is not free, so um, where are you going to put the plant? Well, where are you going to use the chips? We're using the chips here. Guess where the plant's going? Well, yeah. Hey, uh, one of the numbers here, I, I, I think this is a total, total change. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because I just happened to check it here, Carl. 
in the last two weeks has been a dramatic change in this number. I don't know. Do you ever go to the deadclock.org? You probably do. You're goofy as I am. Yeah. All right. Um, don't ever go there, anybody, because all it does is it, it reels you in and won't let you out, and you look at the stuff and you go, oh, my God. It's every it'll make see- you want to drink even if it's 8 o'clock yeah, in the morning. It'll be there. It's, it's 5 o'clock someplace, they say, Carl. That's right. Uh, <laughs> But I've been watching this savings per family number. I don't know if you ever focused in on this one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's BS. Okay, how much? Um, a lot because the remember what what we have uh, as the definition of savings in the United States. What is what is the definition of personal? Well, personal I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, right? this is. I understand how imperfect it is. All right, or as I try to, the the definition they're using: liquid cash and personal savings for all U.S. families divided by the number of U.S. families. So it's a it's a it's a mean, not a median. So it's that's correct, kind of which, which makes it worthless. Which okay, but all right. Because Elon, because Elon Musk has how many billions? I okay. Now would you, because they do it the same sloppy way every month. It's sort of like. I think it's better than the unemployment rate, all right, because that's that's even worthless. But I'm saying, just hang with me here for a second. Is, yeah, yeah. Is this number, you and I have talked before, and so would Kevin has in as well, with it right now, the, how many families, now this, again, this is an average, like you're saying, and not a, mean, not a median. Uh, so how many families have we talked about that if something happened to their car or transmission or whatever, they can't write a $1,500 check? I mean, they can right. give the credit card stuff, but they don't. They can't write the check. It, it's it's what is it like fifty percent of the population? Some massive number, right? It's huge. The the, the majority of Americans could not write a thousand dollar check tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so what? I, what my point is here in this one, I've been w- watching this number, and it's been through the years. In two thousand and twelve, it was nine thousand eighty nine hundred. So today it's ninety one hundred. But now what's significant? Ninety one ninety seven. I just pulled yeah, it up while we were talking. But now what's significant about this? Is before the uh, the uh, COVID, it was. Well, let me let me dig up. To, you can you can do the different days here, but I'll go back to uh, where where did it go before COVID? Two thousand and twenty. Yeah. Uh, twenty of. end of twenty nineteen would be a good. Okay, but right at the end of two thousand twenty, the savings per family was fifty two hundred bucks, and a personal debt per citizen is fifty three thousand. Okay, so let's 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 just say that now this number though. If you've watched in the last two years, when all the checks went out, and a lot of places that got massive checks for their business, well, the business is a sole prop, right? There's still people that are sole props. So right. th- this number ballooned, Carl, to $55,000 about eight months ago, ten months ago, maybe a year. 55000 from five or six. Right. And ever since then, all this, when the checks stopped going out, it's been dropping like a rock. And it was wrapping about a thousand dollars a week, and all of a sudden, this last week, it's dropped from twelve to, or maybe the last month to ninety one hundred. But now, the personal debt per citizen, instead of being fifty two thousand, is seventy thousand. Right. So you you can't tell me, even though you're right, these are imperfect numbers. You can't tell me that the average family isn't in worse shape than they were two years ago. Oh no, they're in much worse shape, and, and I mean, you know, the, the debt's gone up more than uh, you know. It's, it's it's what five times what the what the improvement in the savings side was. Well, no, the same. Well, it, it was. Uh, it, and then, let's see, in two thousand and twelve, the uh, before any of this crap, when the uh, personal savings was uh, eighty nine hundred and the personal debt was fifty two. So I'm saying, right. but, but the balloon this thing made, just when we're talking about 
the money supply going up during that period of time. I'm saying that those numbers in the, that the people got are being worked off dramatically. No, nobody has gotten a raise equal to this. Well, I won't say nobody. Very few people have gotten a raise equal to their increased expenses. Everybody's digging into credit cards or savings. Everybody. That's right. The, the only people, the, 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 the top 1% or maybe the top you know, 0.1%, uh, have have seen monstrous gains, and everybody else has got bent over the table. Basically, yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is. But you know that the, the nine hundred pound gorilla in the room that's coming in the next couple of years, and I've, I've been warning about this for a long time, and, and it's it's not only not gotten better, it's accelerated to some extent. If you are reliant on the medical system today, okay, and that yeah. that particularly means Medicare, Medicaid. When the crunch comes within the federal budget, that is what's going to get whacked. Not because they want to, but the political screaming will be enormous. It's, it's, it's going to be, it, 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 the upheaval that comes out of this politically is going to be ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is that's the largest line item in the budget, and therefore that's where it's going to come out of. Well, Carl, somewhere along the line, and I don't know how it's going to happen, the daily rates and stuff in these hospitals have got to get cut in half. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Four, five, well, ten. Well, no, it, it does. The thing is, is the wealth, and not cut in half more than that. You could take, I, I put together a way to solve this and an expected change and how to interrupt it. it, it, it I wrote the articles, and it was, it was part of what I had in leverage when I wrote the book, and then it was, I updated it a couple of times. Uh, the prediction in terms of what was going to happen has played out almost exactly down that line, you could take about 80% out of medical spend without materially impacting the quality of what we actually have available to us in the United States. The problem with doing it is about 20% of the population is in some way beholden to this. That's that's how they make their money. Yep. Okay. Um, the vast majority of the people that do that are not doctors, they're not nurses. They never provide a single second of care to a single person the entire time. So their contribution is entirely moving paper and driving up costs. And every single one of them is, is going hey, to end up out in the street. Hey, can you do me a favor? Let's, let's, let's put this on a, a long conversation. Matt, make a note. Next week we're going to talk about this. Note taken. i gotta, uh, I got to ask you a, a serious question. Not that they all aren't. Why do I keep saying that when they're all absurd? All this crap is going on in the Bitcoin, and these two idiots that from the one place, three something something, they can't find their underground or whatever. All these alleged wallets and all this stuff that's missing. Carl, how is anybody going to track down all these passwords and stuff that nobody now knows? And and, and who gets to steal all that money? Because somebody's going to do it. Well, you know what? If you it, it, that's one of the problems with with this sort of a system is that if you if you truthfully lose this. And the protocol truthfully is solid. In other words, you can't break it other than by brute force. So, you know, the, a, a password, if lost, is truly lost. Uh, then either that's forever gone, or the entire system, if somebody figures out how to break it, the entire complex behind this collapses in a day. What happens if they never find these two guys? Well, you, you better hope they don't. Well, it, it disappears. It goes poof, like a you know, like somebody cutting wind in a church. Because the thing is this, if that's not the case, if you can actually break into this, then the entire premise behind blockchain is, is void, and all of it's worthless. You can't, you can, you'll never, you're going to convince me virtually of everything you think by, by, the, end of the, by the end of our days. 
you will never convince me that if I lose my password in Bitcoin from 10 years ago, that somebody isn't going to get that money somewhere. Well, you better not be able to do it because if somebody can, there's... There, well, then there's where is it? Like I said, where I, is I it? understand what you're saying. I'm saying if you're right and somebody manages to do that and it gets out that that has happened, then Bitcoin is a zero immediately. Well, how would anybody ever know? It's like the guy at the bank that took the... The rounding because errors, every transaction is traceable back to origin via a public ledger, Chief. You can't cheat on that. Yeah, but I'm saying, if, if I lose my, my password and I got 500 bucks in there, actually somebody right. in the office did, I'm never going to complain. I'm the idiot that lost the password. Well, no, nobody's going to know if it's if it's $500. But if, the, if a couple of guys that have like this a huge trove, these co- the, the coins are individually serializable. They're just like a $20 bill in your wallet. It has a serial number. Well, I'm saying I'm, I'll stick with the guys. You remember back when they first did credit card interest by computer? Somebody yeah. took the rounding on the penny into his account? It took like 10 oh, years yeah, to people, find it again? people stole it that way, too. Yeah. But I'm saying I, mean, I, I, I refuse to believe that after 10 years, somebody in the office has this. Can't find their password. So they put like 500 bucks in there 10 years ago. I can't believe that that money is going is to end up in somebody's lap. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. I so far nobody has managed to uh, you know to show that that's happened. But like I said, the day it does, the entire premise behind all of this is gone. Am I just too suspicious growing up on the South Side, or what? No, you're you're probably you you may very well be right. But but the thing is, the entire value of it, it literally is zero if it's true. Well, so the, so you believe the part about the guy with the kung fu beard coming off the mountain, setting us up and going back and letting no. us all. <laughs> I believe that. Matt believes it. Yeah, I'm like, with it. Yeah, S&P Futures up 34 now. Nasdaq is 89. We're putting the whip to it. Carl, thank you. Have a good weekend, buddy. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. I can't believe we drove around all day and there's not a single job in this town. There's nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week.